What's up, everybody? This is Jerry Ferrara, and you are listening to the Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah podcast. I got a really big offer. For what? A film. That's great. An adult film. I thought you weren't doing that anymore. No, I haven't been doing it because I've been getting legit stuff. And until now, I haven't gotten a good enough offer. Well, what are they offering you? 200 grand. Well, you're not going to do it. I'm sorry, that sounded like a demand, not a question. You're surprised that I don't want you to fuck another dude on camera? Are you going to fuck me on camera? Sash. Vince, don't worry about it. It's a five-guy gangbang, so nobody gets any one-on-one time with me. You, you think this is funny? Not at all. It's the absolute truth. Vinny Chase is back, baby. Welcome back to Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, the Entourage Podcast. I am your host, J.R. Hickey, coming to you from Palm Springs, California. And as I've said before, it's been a minute. Five months, to be exact, since my last episode with Jake Asman uh, back in end of May. Some shit came up. There's no other way to say it. In June, I lost a very, very, very close family member of mine to a very rare and aggressive form of cancer from the date of diagnosis to the date of her passing was less than two weeks. It was the same very rare cancer that Chicago Bears running back Walter Payton died of in the early 90s. Then, the same week that that happened, literally the week that she died, I got a job writing for the New York Mets. So, what should have been a really cool, exciting opportunity for your boy was mired in a lot of sadness and emotional upheaval and family stuff. So needless to say, I didn't have any time for Entourage uh, or this podcast. So I would apologize, but truly this was all more important. I guess more of a thank you is in order for your patience with me, as well as a big thank you to everybody who reached out inquiring about when the pod's coming back, seeing how I'm doing. All of your messages were read, all of your messages were felt. Thank you for that. I'm going to try to get the pod back on track. I now have the last three episodes of season seven recorded, so you will get the next three, actually what's technically the last three episodes of season seven, episodes eight, nine, and ten will come out for the next three Mondays. And then if I can get all my ducks in a row, I should be able to run through season eight, and uh, that'll end right before Christmas. Again, no promises. Your boy's still kind of job hopping right now, jumping from job to job. I'm in between jobs right now, which is why I have time to do this. But if another big job like the Mets comes up, I have to dedicate all of my time and energy to that. We're back for the time being. Had my good friend Nick Lambdeus back. We talked about an interesting episode, Sniff Sniff Dane Bane. It was just good to catch up, get back in the rhythm of watching Entourage and talking about these characters. Thank you to everyone again who's reached out. Make sure you follow the pod at oh yeah Pod, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Give me a follow, at JR will do it. I'll hopefully be a little bit more present in the next coming months, and enjoy the episode. My guest this week is the founder and host of Veterans Minimum. He's a recent Las Vegas resident, a long-suffering New York Giants fan, and now a three-time guest over here at oh yeah oh yeah Nick Lamdeus, welcome back to the Entourage Podcast. Hey, listen, I gotta get it out the way first. Uh... Per, per your fan base and per yourself, I might be a Mount Rushmore guest that you have on the show. That's number one. And number two, who has the record? Who's made the most appearances? Oh, it's easily our boy Kyle Banduho. Kyle's been on 
probably five or six times at this point. I mean, he was like, season one, Kyle came on two or three times just because I needed guests and this thing was was nothing. I don't mean to disrespect Kyle in that way. He just was, he was ready. He was at the ready. So you got some catching up to do. I don't know, bro. We got, you know, we got 10 episodes of the show left. We're at the movie. Like there's still some time. Mount Rushmore guest. You don't lack in humbleness. I'd say you're up there uh, easily. I'd say you're up there. Jerry Ferrara is probably like, you know, front and center. Listen, listen, I'll, I'll say this. Shouts to Kyle always. Yeah. yeah. And if, if, if I got to play, I got, if I got a podium and be second place to someone, might as well be someone that I really, really bang with. Shouts yeah. to Kyle. All right, how are you been, man? How's how, how's life in Vegas treating you? It's it's NFL season. You're busy as shit. You you predicted your Giants uh, losing by forty. That was a, a huge viral <laughs> moment for you. What else is going on? Hey, man, everything is great, bro. Everything is great. Uh, I know we grabbed drinks. New Couple. Year's. Yeah, that's right, dude. Yeah, I was there in football? We linked up. That was the first time that us two connected. Dude, John, I got no, I got no complaints, bro. Like honestly, man, everything I ever wanted has come to fruition. Just continuing to work hard and just putting out content. And look, every couple of months, it seems like I'm very lucky, but I'm also putting myself out there. Seems like every couple of months, some dope shit is happening. And now I'm working with Cameron and Mace yep. on their sports show. It is what it is. I produce and get to edit that stuff too out the studio. And veterans minimum is doing doing really really well and you know a couple promotions over at the studio vegas is just absolutely amazing uh as a as a young handsome 32 year old bachelor <laughs> in sin city i gotta say a lot of great girls walking around so i'm good bro i'm good you, how are you by the way how I'm, are you it's been a tough summer for your boy i i i got into it in the intro I'll talk to you about it offline, some personal stuff. You know, I met my wife in Vegas, actually, so I, I know a little about those beautiful women walking around. It's good to be back on the Oh Yeah train. It's good to have you back as, as the first uh, guest in a couple months. And uh, we're talking about an interesting episode today. I don't even know how else to describe it. Like These last couple episodes of Season 7, they're a roller coaster. I'll be in Vegas, actually, in December for the NBA midseason tournament, so we definitely have to get together then. I'll, I'll give you some heads up on that. But yeah, let's, let's, let's dive into it. We're doing... Episode eight of season seven, Sniff, Sniff, Dane, Bane. A great Entourage episode title. Uh, it originally aired August 22nd, 2010. Nick, where were you on this date? Not that it's that date, but where were you in life summer of 2010? I am heading into my sophomore year of college. Uh, shortly after that, I was up in Buffalo. Around December, I transferred to go back home. And then... After that spring semester, I took two years off of college. Then I went back, took another year off of college. Whoa. And then before you know it, when I went back the last time to college, I had just started Veterans Minimum. It's around 2015. And like two months into that semester, 2015, October, I'm like, fuck this. I'm not doing this no more. And I walked out. I went all in on content creating. I wasn't making a single dollar. I wasn't doing nothing. I was a part of four or five other people. And I was like, man, the only thing I want to do is create content, bro. <laughs> and if I, get, if I could get to a point, John, if I could get to a point where I didn't have to flip eggs anymore yeah. in New York City with my dad, it'll be a win. So that's why going back to how we introduced it, introduced this whole episode, man, I, I'm living a dream, bro. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really happy. But uh, yeah, I was in my sophomore year of uh, college. And you never looked bad. You never graduated college and looked at you. You're at, you're at the mountaintop of where you need to be right now. You're still grinding. You're out there 
Holy shit, man. That's a fucking... I didn't know you never graduated. That's sick. I mean... 24 credits to go. <laughs> I plan on one day, and I hope no one takes this from me. I'm going to be really upset. But uh, I plan... Uh, I have some big plans in a couple of years. I want to kind of open up, like, my own network, mm -hmm. do my own... Uh, have my own company and shit. I'm going to call it 24 to go. That's... That's a good name, dude. That's not a good name, bro. That's a good name. You know, like The Rock, I'm a big wrestling fan. Yep. The Rock has seven bucks productions. There you go. Right? That's good, because he only had seven bucks in his pocket. Yeah, That's right. mine is going to be 24 to go. Here, here's yeah. what I want to tell you. Here's some advice, because I've done this creative direct, and I've also created a couple brands myself. Start the trademark process on that. Don't even finish it. Just start it. Just file yeah. the first round of paperwork. It's like probably 500 bucks, but... That means that no one can take it from you because you were the first to start the paperwork on it. It doesn't have to even go all the way through. You can just be like, so if someone tries to take it from you, you'd be like, well, I already, you know, I filed the paperwork. It's like in process. Like, mm, so take that I advice like from me, an, an old an old hat creative director. Um, and real quick, so this time of the year, this time in the world, August of 2010, two weeks prior to this, the Chilean mining accident began on August 5th. Do you remember this? This was a giant Whoa, cave in. Oh, I do, yeah. The San Jose yeah. Copper Gold Mine in northern Chile. 33 men were trapped. Get this. 2,300 feet straight down and three miles out from the entrance to the mine. 17 days after the accident, the day this episode of Entourage airs, a note was taped to a drill bit that was being pulled back to the surface and it read in Spanish, I'm not going to read it in Spanish, we are well in the shelter, all 33 of us. Three separate drilling rig teams, nearly every Chilean government ministry, the United States Space Agency, NASA, and dozens of corporations from around the world cooperated in completing the rescue and on October 13th, 2010, all the men were winched to the surface one at a time in a specially built capsule as 5.3 million people watched via video stream with few exceptions they were all in good medical condition, and no long-term physical effects were anticipated. Uh, all 33 men survived. Fucking insane. I, I'm surprised they don't have a movie about this yet. Maybe they do, and I'm just not aware of it, and people are aware of it. But, dude, I remember this being a moment in that summer of 2010, all these dudes being trapped. Fuck that. All I got to say, fuck that. <laughs> Man, that's crazy that that's 2010. I feel like there has been a movie made. Yeah, I just feel like it was such an iconic thing you know uh, i'm googling it right now <laughs> just to see if there's been ever uh, any movies but yeah that's crazy dude quick recap of this week's episode of entourage for those of you who might not have had a chance to rewatch it after a night in separate bedrooms mrs ari confronts her husband with a printout of his quotes what upsets her the most is that it took him hours to get home after the news broke he put work before his family sasha informs vince that she's been offered two hundred thousand dollars for a five-man gangbang and although Vince tells her to turn down the part and offers to pay her if she will, Sasha's adamant about accepting it. I'm not asking your permission, she says. I'm just letting you know. Carlos arrives in L.A. and tells Turtle the factory is not equipped to handle the business that he's bringing in. Turtle promises to bring in funding so Avion can grow. Ari tries to maintain a new attitude at work, but when Dana Dorden calls to say Vince will need to take a drug test, he reverts to his old self. I will not be fucked in the ass, and Vince won't piss in a cup. Vince turns to Scott for advice about Sasha and drugs. Scott suggests Vince dump Sasha and says no to the latter request. Instead, Vince apologizes to Sasha. E then calls with news about the drug test, and Vince decides to talk to Dana himself. As E heads out to see Dana, too, Billy admits he saw Vince do coke with Scott, and furious, E storms into Scott's office. 
Although everyone else, including the network, is excited about the Johnny's Bananas cartoon, Drama still refuses to consider it. Phil Yadota suggests they find a replacement for Drama if he doesn't want to do the show, but Eric tells him no. The show is E's property, and he wants to keep working with Drama. At an emergency therapy session, Mrs. Ari announces she will need to reevaluate their relationship. Ari hesitates about making any more promises because he's afraid of breaking them. Vince argues with Dana that his word should be good enough for the studio, and by the time E arrives, he learns that director Randall Wallace has dropped out. Waiting for Ari to help him with fundraising, Turtle runs into Mark Cuban. Intrigued by Avion, Cuban invites Turtle and Alex to Sacramento with him for further discussion. Last, E confronts Vince about his recent behavior and his choice in girlfriends. Unfazed, Vince tells E that he will deliver for the movie and E should find out how to fit Sasha into it. Nick, what was your favorite moment from this week's episode of Entourage? All right, I need to preface. A lot of my answers are going to be unconventional, as they always are. That's what I love about you, man. And a lot of them are going to relate to some personal experiences, too. All right, favorite moment? The Mark Cuban interaction. <laughs> I'll tell you this. Dude, over the summer, it was Summer League, and I was recording at the studio. Mm-hmm. So if you come to the Blue Wire studio in Vegas at the win, there is a huge like fishbowl effect where they can see from the outside into the studio Dude, it is impossible to walk by that son of a bitch and not look inside, especially (laughs) when there's something being recorded in the bright lights. And also, you can hear on the outside what's being recorded. With all that being said, I kind of have, you know, I'm looking out towards my guest who's sitting over there because, John, you'll see, because I plan on recording some dope shit with you when you come out here. (laughs) It's very distracting for everyone that comes on the show. Mm -hmm. They always look out. Yeah, they just yeah, always look it's, out. It's like so, it's like background noise, kind of. Right, yeah. right. So I always tend to sit in the chair facing out towards the window because I have more self control. I've done mm-hmm. it longer. To me, it's not that much of a culture shock stepping in there as it would be for you coming in there for the first time. Totally. Like, Holy shit, this is dope. All that being said, we're talking NBA. <laughs> Guess who walks by? Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban. And as I'm talking to my boy, I look and he waves. I go, oh, shit, that's Mark Cuban. <laughs> and he kind of just waves. I was like, dude. And he just kept walking. And I was like, whoa, that was cool. But later on, he ended up walking by again. And I was coming out the bathroom. I didn't have my phone with me. But also, dude, I meet so many people in the studio. I try not to take pictures with them. I was like, yo, Mark, big fan. I was like, if I ever own a team, I would own it like you. <laughs> He's like, you got a long way to go, kid. But I love the charisma. <laughs> I was like, damn, okay, that's a dope backhanded compliment, Mark. But that's the kind of guy that he is, though, right? So, like, if you ever get a chance to run into Mark Cuban, he's very he's very giving. Yeah. He's very – he'll stop and talk to you. And also just, like, that moment kind of reminded me of, like, my little brief interaction with Mark Cuban where immediately he was like, yo, I'm interested. Yeah. Fly out to Sacramento. Let's discuss. He's easily one of the most dynamic personalities. He was one of the most dynamic personalities in the NBA in the early 2000s. I'll get into him when we talk about celebrity cameos, but you're right. His philanthropic, his charitable stuff, but it's all it's all incredible. So yeah, let's let's put a pin in Mark Cuban. That's a really cool interaction, though. My favorite moment from the episode. In my opinion, there aren't a ton of like great moments in this episode, and I have bitter overall thoughts on the Ari and Mrs. Ari drama, but I actually really loved the therapy scene. Him like losing his mind over not being able to answer his phone while his wife is literally telling him like, I'm thinking about leaving you. And he's like, can I make a request? No more therapy. <laughs> it's just like treating it like another one of like Ari's classic rant scenes, you know? And she's like, no, like I am one foot out the door. 
And he's like, I will give anything to answer my phone right now. It is, like, so fucking funny and fucked up, in my opinion, that, like, he can't see. He's like, can I make a request? No more therapy. Mrs. R, well, I think we need more therapy twice a week. And Dr. Marcus is like, we're almost out of time, but Ari, can you respond to that? And Ari's like, fuck you and your fucking clock. It's just, like, <laughs> it's the only time this episode that we get to see Ari, like, really be the Ari that we know and love, if I'm being honest. It just came to me. I should look at this as a blessing. What can I do, he asks. So what are all the things that I've wanted him to do that I have never said? It's nice to see you find your voice. When has she not had her voice? I haven't heard this kind of proactive conviction from her side. She's always had conviction. That's why I love her. Huh. What, do you doubt that? Since the merger, you've been elsewhere. I was very stressed. Do you not think he loves you? Don't be ridiculous. Would you let her answer, please? Thank you. Yes, I know he loves me, but... Wait, is this about what happened or about other things? Sounds like both. But let her speak. Please let me speak. Speak. I know he loves me. I'm, I'm sorry, I thought I had him vibrate. I'm sorry. I know he loves me, but it's always on his terms. I'd like to lay out mine. What are they? <laughs> well, first off, no blackberries in the house. Don't be ridiculous. I know you'd say that. So my solution is that people contact your assistant and then he and only he may call at the house. Will you try that? I will try that if she lets me check this message right now. It must be important. We can try that. Fantastic. And no more promises you don't keep. Let's stay away from the abstract. Okay. If you break another promise or lie to me, I'll have to seriously reevaluate our relationship. Do you hear what she's saying? Do you really feel that way? I do. I'm sorry, we're gonna have to stop soon. Ari, can you respond to this request? No, who could? And fuck you with your fucking clock! And I want you to work on your anger, too. Have you ever tried Lexapro? I have begged him to try Zoloft. Baby, I am who I am, but I love you. I don't want to break any more promises, so I won't make them. Let's think about this. Do I get any requests? Such as? No more therapy! I don't think that's wise. We let her speak? Actually, I think more therapy. I think twice a week. You are not getting off the hook oh, now. Okay, fine. Therapy every day if you want. Hell, let's have Doc move in with us. But please, let me check this message. Please. Fine. Oh my God, I got Mark Cuban in five minutes. I totally forgot. I, I, I need to go. Can I please go? Go. Yo, I know this is your show, and I do this to you often, so That's I'm fun. sure the editing must be awesome, but this episode sucked, bro. <laughs> this episode was like a, like a D plus, and the, uh -huh. only, the only cool thing about the episode is that you have a lot of Ari moments that are like peak Ari. If you wanted to give someone an episode yeah. to describe the Ari Gold character, this would be a good choice, at least from this season, in my opinion, yeah. because he cares more about his clients and his company than he does about his family. Then he's confused when his family doesn't feel like they're a priority of his. He has the classic one-liners, the sarcasm when he has the, the, the staff meeting with Babs, and he's just being like, and we're going to have this meeting, you know how enthusiastic <laughs> I am and all that. Like, And I have some more Ari bits in this yeah. rundown, but... 
I love what you said about your favorite moment because to me it's a it's a really good Ari Gold episode, but as a whole, this episode sucked. It's hard to find good moments in these last three episodes of season seven. Part of the reason I've been reticent to even record these. Part of the reason I was even reticent to ask you on, dude. I didn't want you to come on for us to sit here and bash the show the whole time because we love the show. I know the listeners love the show as well. So we'll do our best. I, I want to try to keep everything positive. We do have a, a category coming up, my least favorite moment. I have something good for that. But uh, let's keep it moving. So, we, we, you know, this show is all about camaraderie, brotherly love. What was your favorite bros being bros moment of this week's episode? Mine had to be when Turtle went to E to ask him for uh whether it was money or him to be introduced to people with money because again like microcosm of my life and like my friends i've had the same group of friends shout out to queens i am queens boulevard <laughs> i'm like i'm definitely your most queens guest Yo, bro. that, I have that you have that amount rushmore consists of one person and that's you okay yeah, yeah. it's just one statue baby there ain't no other three faces <laughs> there but dude there's been a lot of times where um you know as a good friend if you can't help your friend, you at least try to direct them to people that you know and trust that can help mm -hmm. them get there. Mm -hmm. And it could be something so minute like, hey, man, I want to get into Brazilian jiu-jitsu, right? Like I'm a jiu-jitsu practitioner. Yeah. I don't live back in Queens anymore, but my buddies that have gotten interested over the years and all the times that I post and talk about it, I've sent them to my former gym in yeah. Queens. And I'm like, look. It could be very intimidating when you first walk into a martial arts gym, especially if you don't know anybody. There are some people that are dicks, and there's kind of like an un unwritten rule of, man, John's pulling up. We got to put him through the ringer. Let's yeah, see yeah. if he belongs. And it could be intimidating, man. Yeah. That's why I like to push people in a direction where I'm like, hey, Hugh, my coach, Hugh, Nick is coming. Josh is coming. Take care of them. Those are my guys. Now I know they're in good hands. And like with, with Turtle... He goes to his friend and he's like, hey, man, I don't need anything from you other than your resources and and your network. Like, introduce me to people. And then E, because Turtle has had these outrageous ideas throughout his career on the show and, you know, it's always been more, more words than actions. True. He finally has something and, and E is like, dude, no, like, I can't help you, man. This is another one of your pipe dreams. And the way Turtle kind of pours his heart out to him, like, man, I've, you as like one of my close friends, I finally come to you with this idea and you just brush me off. And, you know, it's as we'll move forward, uh, move on with the episode. I mean, even my favorite moment leads to him going to Ari. Yeah. And then which leads to him. Yeah. Yeah. So right place, right time. You know, sometimes you hear no and it leads to a yes. So for me, that was a bros versus bros moment right there. I like that. So I will push back a little bit because okay. he says, who do you, I know that you don't know? And there's some truth to that. Like, and he, he, I guess he works as a talent manager and is at a talent agency. And Turtle goes like, well, what about your boss? And Turtle's like, and he's like, I don't want to ask my boss to get involved in this. I didn't even want Vince involved in this. And that's my boss and my wife's godfather. It's a little messy. Like Turtle asking that is a little messy. It's like a little bit of a violation. That would be like, I don't know, me me asking you to get your boss at Blue Wire involved in something, and I've never met him before. He's never met me. It just kind of crosses some, like, boundaries that, like, are a little, in, you know, gray area-ish. So I will defend E's actions a little bit, but I will say, like, Turtle going to ask his brother for help, that's what you do, and E doesn't do a good job of that. No, you gotta, I want to I wanna add to that, too, yeah. because you bring up a really good point, and it's something that I've sort of harped on throughout the years. It's like, man, your word is bond, right? And if I vouch for someone 
like you said, if I was to vouch, vouch to my boss at the studio about you, yeah, and then you end up just doing something that disrespects him or, yeah, or it's just not a good look, it's going to fall back on me. So then when I have someone else, I think it'd be great. And I go vouch for him. He's going to be like, yo, remember when you did that for JR? <laughs> yeah, we're not, <laughs> we're not having this, bro. Remember, he stole. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, so that that's true, man. Like, you have to be really selective. And look, I'm so happy the group of friends that I have. I still mm-hmm. talk to them to this day. Where I, I was just on FIFA with them this morning playing Xbox in this exact seat. There's some of them, though, that I wouldn't vouch for. Yeah. Because I know how they are. They're very complacent. They're very lazy. I love them to death. They call me at three in the morning and I'm back home. I'll be there for them if they got a flat tire on the side of the road. But there's there's different levels and barometers for each friend. And that's what I think you saw play out here. Yeah, and I think Turtle just hasn't reached that level yet. He will very quickly here and for the rest of the show into the movie. But yeah, he's just not there yet in E's eyes. And to be honest, that's understandable for E if I'm if I'm in E's position. I am not asking for Vince's money. So what are you asking for? I'm asking for you to intro me to people who have money. Who do I know that you don't know? What about your boss? My boss? I don't want to get Vince involved in this. Now you're asking me to get my boss, who's also my fiance's godfather, to risk his money as well? There's no risk. The orders are there. We need the money to fill the orders, and then everyone gets paid. Dana Gordon's on the phone. Can we finish this up later? <laughs> finish what? You blowing me off? You know, I went to Ari last year for the limo business. He told me I had no plan and he wouldn't help. Now I come to you, my friend, with a real plan, and you blow me off. I'm not blowing you off, Turtle. I got to take this call. It's about Vince. Turtle. My favorite bros being bros moment, Stadi Lavin, in my opinion, one of the best additions to the cast towards the end of the show. Having a heart-to-heart with Vince outside of, like, that biker bar while they're eating lunch. And Stat's like, Vince, these porn girls, even if they seem like they're okay, they're actually broken. All of them, you know? And I don't think you can just give her money in order to control her. This is actually good advice. And the the scope of the conversation, I'll I'll obviously insert the clip, is basically he's like, I'm not going to keep giving you drugs and dump the porn star. And what does Vince do? Vince says he'll do that and then goes completely behind his buddy's back and does exactly what he wants to do. And that, to me... Nick is bros being bros. You'll ask your boys for advice. You'll go, should I dump her? She's crazy, right? She's she's nuts. And they're all like, dude, she's the worst. Get her the fuck out of here. And then you'll go run into her and you'll profess your love and do all the things that your buddies told you not to. But they're there offering advice and they're not going to then turn their back on you. And I, I kind of like that. I like that dynamic. Obviously, this is all because Vince has a bigger problem and it's that he's you know addicted to drugs and kind of spiraling. But just that dynamic is cool. Him asking his buddy for advice and immediately going and doing the opposite. I, I've seen that before a million times played out. Yeah, I agree with you about uh, Scott Lavin being added to the cast. I think that's a good addition. And also, it's a rare W for the Scott character. Yeah. Because he's always like, yo, let's just fucking jump out this plane and let's do all this crazy shit where he's like, hey, man, you're kind of spiraling, bro. And I feel, I feel as if I might be the main culprit to why you're doing this because prior to me... And and that's that's a cool look. And I, I also think that's like a a learning lesson for a lot of people where, you know, you get these new characters that come into your life. And I've experienced it, it uh, moving out to Vegas, right? Mm-hmm. Like I've met some people, most of them are martial artists that I yeah. interact with on a daily basis. And they're great. And, you know, there's always a moment, dude, in a relationship or a friendship where you kind of, they kind of put themselves in a certain box. And what I mean by that, it, and it's all positive, but it's like, this guy now, I know John is going to turn to me and be like, hey, man, what you did back there, that was, that was pretty shitty. Don't do that again. Yeah. 
or you're going to just be like, yo, bro, let's go out tonight. Let's go party. Let's go have fun. So it's it, it's a dynamic where I think it's a rare W for the Scott character because he shows that, hey, man, yeah, we're, we're having a ball. We're having a great time, but I'm kind of a bad influence for you. Let me give you some advice. Yeah, and he said even says it. He's like, I don't want to be the guy who gets you drugs, Vince. And he's Bingo. like, of course, yes. of course. No, of course. Yeah, I'm going to call my weed guy. I'll, I'll, then I'll call Sasha. Mm-hmm. And then there's a great line that uh, I'm jumping ahead to quotes, but Lavin says, like, I still want to date one of her friends, though. Like, as he's walking away, like, I still would want to hang out with some porn stars. She's a porn star. She was. Oh, she is. I, I think she's a little bit more than that. Okay. Vince, these porn girls, all right, even if they seem like they're okay, they're actually broken, all of them, you know? And I don't think you can give her money in order to control her. You can probably set her off on an anal bang bender just to prove you wrong. Nah, she's stronger than that. What does he say? (laughs) I don't think Eric Murphy's rules of dating apply to a porn star. Hey, what do you say? I say loser. You're Vinny Chase, you don't need to be dealing with this shit. You're right. You're right. You're just trying to be nice anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's only been a couple weeks, right? Don't be yeah. real. I mean, less than that. That's all. Do you like her? Yeah. Jesus, <laughs> Kind of nuts, right? No. I, mean, I just seriously can't handle a bunch of dudes passing around my girlfriend. Yeah, I can imagine. Is she really your girlfriend? Yeah. I guess she is. Hey, listen. Can you get some more of that stuff from the other night? I don't want to be the one getting you drugs, Vince. Yeah, no, of course. Call my wee guy. First, I'm going to call Sasha. I'd still like to date one of her friends. I mean... What was your least favorite moment of this week's episode, Nick? It seemed, and, you know, I didn't watch every episode from this season leading up to this. Yeah. So... To me, it seems like this is the downfall to the Ari and Mrs. Ari relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is where finally shit hits the fan. You got this Hollywood reporter that came out and, you know, they're 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 bashing how he talks to people and the harassment and the sexual harassment Mm -hmm. and just everything that people get exposed for nowadays with cancel culture that sort of comes out. Now it's embarrassing for Mrs. Ari, wherever she goes. And this seems to be where things start to head towards the divorce. And he still doesn't believe it. So to me, (laughs) it's my least favorite moment because, you know, for as much shit as he gives his wife and how work is a priority for him, he is a family man. And it just, he's just so enthralled with getting Vince back and his company that he forgets what really matters. And it's your family. So I, I, I completely agree with that part. But I, I always have questioned, especially in this episode, in the next two episodes, it makes more sense. Like she kind of states what she's feeling. But in this episode specifically, she's mad about what? She's she's embarrassed. Just the things that she knows that her husband says on a day-to-day basis are, are now in print. And she literally is like, read it to me. And he's like, come on. And she's like, no, I'll read it. And then she reads this thing after a staff meeting, already threw a staple at the wall and screamed at a fellow agent that he needs to climb back inside his mother's vagina and cook a little longer. And then he starts laughing because he thinks that's funny. And she goes, you said these things. And he says, and I agree with him. He's like, you know the man you married. Business, family, these all are important. But this is who I am. And now what? You're embarrassed because your mother might find out about it? And in a way, as a married man, that I'm like, yeah, like I, I obviously would never do something like that in my 
place of business, but like my wife would know that I have those tendencies. My wife would know if I have an explosive temper, a foul mouth, and tend to be a bit of a bully or something like that in the workplace. But like for her to act so high and mighty and so aghast at this news, it's never, never like sat well with me. It, it felt always more like, oh no, now she is getting bad PR because she's married to this guy. Like it's all, she's more worried about her image than she's worried about like her husband. Yeah, you know, it's it's always interesting to me that I think a lot of people are the people that they perceive themselves to be. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It only gets embarrassing for your peers or coworkers or your family when the rest of the world finds out, right? <laughs> like, it, listen, yeah. man, I've never claimed to be star spangle awesome at all in my life, but I'm sure we've all had group chats or in private, we've said some jokes that would not go over well. And in the comfort of your own home or with your group of friends that you've known and you trust there, it's funny. But when it hits the public, it's like, shit, man, I can't be associated with this guy. You know what I mean? So that's what I think is happening with Mrs. Ari in this situation. Dude, I got something for you. Here's a little side note. I didn't mention this at the top, but I just did an interview with Business Insider and it was about a social media account I run called Best of LinkedIn, where I make fun of people's LinkedIn posts. Two years ago during the pandemic, I made fun of a guy's LinkedIn post who was sharing way too much about how he was getting divorced. And I just posted it on my Instagram and my Twitter. And I said, like, maybe you got divorced because you overshare too much on the internet. And this guy went Ooh. fucking crazy. And he and his boss tried to get me fired at the ad agency I was working at at the time. And it was this whole thing. And this Business Insider uh, article interviews everyone involved in the situation. This just came out in um, mid-September. So if you guys want to check it out, go to my Twitter account, at it. I've posted about it there. And it's wild because anyone who knows me knows that I'm not like someone who would ever like do something like this. But I, it was like it was like this off the cuff joke that I made on the social media account was now examined by all these different people and all these different points of views. Spoiler alert: I wasn't fired. The guy who hired me actually hired me because he loved my Twitter accounts. So like it ended up being fine and nobody's feelings were hurt. But like it just was that perfect encapsulation of like cancel culture this type of public bullshit embarrassment you know my wife was a little worried when it came out she's like oh my god are people gonna think differently about you and i'm like i don't know i did this two years ago it's on a public forum and everyone's no worse for the wear so so i kind of relate to mrs ari in that sense but uh i don't know that's just an aside it just reminded me check out that article <laughs> dude oh this past weekend i was hanging out with these group of girls that i grew up with back in new york city and one of them i hadn't seen since i was like 16 years old we were just grabbing drinks at one of the bars out here. And she's like, oh, my God, you've changed. And I was like, yeah, no shit. I was 15 the last time you saw me. I would hope that I changed. I would hope that I've matured a little bit. It's like, dude, got to give, you know, let people change, man. Like, I'm not the same person I was a year ago, bro, when I first moved here. You know what I mean? And I'm 32 years old. Like, I'm sure a year from now, I'm going to be completely different than what I am now. And it's just like evolution. And it just allows people to just like get better. You know what I mean? Baby sleeping? Nope. Me neither. The guest bed is not designed for an athletically built man. I didn't tell you to sleep in there. Yeah, you kind of did. I said I didn't want to have sex, and that's how you took it. And you said that you didn't want to talk either. And if you don't want to talk and you don't want to have sex, what else is there to do in here? Do you want to talk? I'd rather have sex. Yeah, well, let's talk. I am so embarrassed and so humiliated. As am I. Horrible things were written about me and my workplace. Horrible things that you said. Just because someone prints it doesn't make it true. Page seven, second paragraph, is that true? You printed it out? Read it to me. 
Come on. Fine, I'll read it. After a staff meeting, Ari threw a stapler at the wall and screamed at a fellow agent that he needed to climb back inside his mother's vagina and cook a little longer. <laughs> That's funny. Was it also funny that you asked Lizzie Grant if she signed a client with a pen or with his cock? Oh, and to another, you should blow me for what I've done for you. No, 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 I, I remember, I said that to a man, not to a woman. I would never say that to a woman. It is an expression. You said these things. I don't know if I said all of them. You knew the man you married. And now the whole world does. The kids at school, their parents, my mother. So wait, this is about everyone else? No, actually, it's about us. I'd like to ask you, how many calls did you take before mine when all this blew up? What? I held for 10 minutes and you never called me back. I came home. Three hours later. I had to try to do some damage control. That's what I can't get over. That you put more importance on the business than the people in your family. Baby, you and the kids mean everything to me. Nothing else matters. You tell me what you want me to do. Honestly, I don't know. My last little least favorite moment. E, Turtle, Sloan, and Alex walked into the nightclub. They look all hot. And then they sit down and they see that Vince and Sasha are making out. And the girls are like, let's get out of here. And then they all just get out of there. It just felt like they put a lot of effort into going out. And then they just see Vince and Sasha making out. And it makes them uncomfortable. So they bounce just go to a different part of the club. Drama's on the dance floor, having a good time. Just why, why is that the end of the night for those four, in my opinion? It's just a little weird. Yo, listen, I have this down somewhere on here. Um, but I think it's, it's my favorite down. drama moment is, is because, you know, they all agree to leave. And he's like, oh, I got to be up early in the morning for a workout. <laughs> And then the two girls grab him and he's like, I think I could stay. And that's like, yeah. that dude, that's like everybody, right? Whenever you, you know, like growing up, if there was a time where I wanted to go home, but then like my boys were like, yo, stay a little longer. And I'm like, nah, man, I want to yeah. go. And then like the hot girl at the bar Gives just happens attention. to venture over. And there's like four in the morning. And you're like, yo, dude, I want to go home at 1130. So here, here's a, here's one thing that I, I wanted to mention. And it's, uh, I, I put it like as a disclaimer um, because I didn't really list it for anything, but I'm glad that you said, dude, I hate yeah, public stuff. display of affection. And here's the thing. It's not out of envy. It's just weird, bro. Like, listen, if me, you, you're, you're, you're plus one and my plus one, we go out to a steakhouse, right? If you want to lean over, give her a kiss on the cheek or give her a kiss on the lips. Fine. But if you're over there making out, like, yeah, I mean, just like how they were. This is a good point. Yeah. John, what's good, bro? Like, yeah. So to me, like the over PDA is is it's cringe to me. And you could be like Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie and be a very sexy couple. It's still like weird, bro. It just always doesn't. I don't mind holding hands. I don't mind if you're literally like cuddling at the club. She's leaning on you. But the just the making out like that was it was kind of cringe. All right, you 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 feel their pain a little bit. So yeah, I just my point is more like they just like the night's yeah. over. Just just move to a different part of the club. But obviously this is a TV show and we're just moving the plot a lot. Like I'm not I'm I'm nitpicking. Right, right, right. They're kind of making me sick. Yeah. You want to go? Do you mind? I want to go too. Johnny? 
Nah, bro, I'm gonna hit the gym early. Take out my frustrations in the heavy bag. Maybe one more dance. All right, later. See ya. What was your most entourage moment of this week's episode? I'm going to combine two things because it involves the same character. One is E when he goes and he presses Lavin about the coke because he's standing up for his boy. And then to end the show, he presses Vince out of concern. And hey, man, listen, you're going to throw all this stuff away. You got to take this drug test. What is happening? You were never like this before, Sasha. And then Vince gets a little triggered by that, saying, I knew you were going to bring this up. We all kind of fuck for money in this town, et cetera, et cetera. And that is the most entourage moment because in the end of the day, the entire series of entourage, what it captures is friendship and like how you don't need blood to be family kind of thing. And they're always looking for one another, even if it's an uncomfortable conversation. No, and, and he's good at that. He and Vince have these heart-to-heart moments pretty often towards the end of a season when Vince is spiraling or having a bad year. He usually can be the one to kind of like pull him out of his funk. But in this instance, he pushes him farther away. And it, the effect of that is his behavior over the next two episodes, which we'll get to. So yeah, that's very entourage me. I love that. It wasn't Scott's coke. I don't give a fuck. He works for you. He shouldn't be doing blow with you. Oh, now he works for me. You keep telling me he doesn't. Are you serious? Are you? Whose coke was it then, Vince? Sasha's? Don't go there. Go where? You're on a free fall. You're showing up at meetings high. You're dating a porn star. You know, I was waiting for this little naive judgment to come out. Naive? Is she not a porn star? E. Does she not have sex on camera for money? All of us in this town do on some level. But I'm telling you, get off it. It wasn't her coke, all right? It was some girl, and she was here, and she had it, and I did it. And honestly, I've done it before. Really? Really, just not around you, because I don't want to hear this shit. Oh, Vince, give me a break. You showed up to a meeting high on cocaine, all right? So don't try to act like I'm some nag. That was stupid. Oh, really? You think so? I was exhausted, and Billy got me all insecure. Yeah, well, now you got the studio insecure. No, I talked to Dana. She's fine. Yeah, I spoke to her also. And? Well, she is fine. But Randall quit. (sighs) Come on. Well, he's a fucking asshole for telling him that. Look, E, I will deliver on this movie, and it will be great. Okay. I'm serious. I am fine. I said okay. I think you owe Lavin an apology. Yeah. Well, that's never going to happen. And Sasha. She didn't hear any of this. And as my manager, I want you to call the studio and find out if there's a role in Airwalker for her. Are you serious? Oh, I'm serious. Get it done. And then mine is a little bit more like stereotypical entourage. Just the opening scene. Turtle E. Sloan walking to the club. They say what's up to the TMZ guy. They cut the line. They get in the club. And then the promoter comes up to them and tells them that their table is ready. They take shots at the bar. Nobody puts a card down. It's just like everything is just free, easy, and simple. And you're with the hottest women in the room even if you are Turtle and E in that instance. So it harkens back to any episode in seasons two through four when that would happen. I love that. Yeah, that's good. You're right. There, no credit card. It's just the perks of knowing someone famous. The the line from the line from our, you grew up across the street from Vince, so you're a, a lottery winner, basically. What was your favorite line or quote from this week's episode? All I try to do is avoid conflict. Billy Walsh, your boy. When he, when he snitches that he saw Scotty and, yep. and Vince doing coke, uh, yeah. dude, I kind of live my life that way. Yeah. I've never gotten into a fight. Uh, even though now I'm a assassin on the jujitsu match. I try to my whole life, man. I just avoid conflict. Um, someone cuts me off on the road. It's fine. Like whatever. 
Uh, someone calls me a bitch in public, whatever. They bump into <laughs> me at the bar. <laughs> hey, you know, like not a lot, but it's happened where, you know, like Guys you're trying to tough. instigate. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like it's cool, man. You know, someone bumps into me. I say sorry. You know what I mean? So like I kind of that one was like, yeah, that's me, bro. I try to just avoid conflict at all times. So that one was my favorite quote, just because, like, again, like how I said it, trying to relate everything to myself. And I'll even say that that seems like a bros being bros scene too. Like, oh yeah, basically he's like, I don't know. The studio thinks Vince is on drugs, and Billy's like, I gotta say something now. He's like, I've been keeping my boy secret until it yep. is apparent that like this secret needs to be shared in order for his betterment. And so like he, he tells him, and he says, you know, you and what do you say, you and your double, your body double over there, <laughs> yeah, banging down some rails. It, dude, I I love that because like I'll keep a secret all the way up until the point where like this secret's gonna ruin my buddy or kill him or something like that i gotta i gotta tell someone and that's that's kind of the the power of the male like you know lockbox thing so I, I like that a lot i've always said that i'll defend my friend in public to the end mm. in private i'm gonna tell you hey man what the fuck you know yeah, yeah. And, and that's you what i up. think you saw there yeah what happened vince is losing his mind he doesn't want to take the test no and he said he's going to see danny gordon well you have to go too yeah Hey guys. Hey, Bay hey. City's yum 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 yum. Yeah, well, I gotta take off, so enjoy. What do you hear from drama? He won't budge. I'll work on him. I just gotta go take care of something with Vince first. What's wrong with Vince? The studio thinks he's on drugs. Oh. Oh, what? Hello? I don't wanna be a rat. Speak, Billy. Vince and your body double down the hall there. We're doing a little sniffle sniffle at the party the other night. Come on, you're lying. Just don't let it get back to me. All I do is try to avoid conflict. Quick funny quote from me. It's the beginning of Ari entering the bedroom. He goes, baby, you sleeping? And she goes, nope. And he goes, I know. The desk bed is not designed for an athletically built man like myself. <laughs> it's just like, just needlessly complimenting his body. I love how... Piven and Ari do that throughout the uh, whole run of the show. It's hilarious. Bro, I uh, recently, the gym that I trained at, Syndicate MMA in Vegas, where I do jiu-jitsu, we did like a charity soccer game. Nice. And growing up, I was a soccer player. Yeah. And dude, I was just ragdolling people on the field. Like it was, <laughs> I looked like Cristiano Ronaldo in 2015. <laughs> and they all like came up to me like, dude, we didn't know you were that fast, that athletic. <laughs> and I was just go, hey, hey, I could have won D1. Yeah, just could have. Like, I'm just rubbing my beer belly. I'm like, listen, don't let the belly fuel you. You know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? Don't watch me icing my knees after this, but I could have. Yeah, yeah, could have. Yeah. Glory days, man. I'll put Bruce Springsteen's <laughs> glory days underneath this. Um, best song. We've got a Spotify playlist. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Music. The link to check that out is in the show notes of today's episode. Any songs jump out at you from this week's episode? Nah, man. I left this one blank, dude. I've got two. Okay. The opening song by Mark Ronson, who had a moment. Mark Ronson was huge in the early 2000s. The song's called Bang, Bang, Bang. It's when the boys are going into the club and Vince is making out with Sasha and they all are doing shots. It's just got, got that great vibe to it. And then, I don't know if you're a Black Tees fan, but the Black Tees Howlin' For You is playing when Billy mm. tells E about the coat and then E storms in and you know kind of confronts Lavin in front of Kevin Love. Um it's the first time I think anyone had heard Howlin' For You by the Black Tees. That song came out in 2010, and this was a 2010 episode. So, uh, again, Scott Venner, music producer, always just staying on top of the uh, the music curve and introducing us to new shit. Let's talk. Let's let's. I'm, I'm rushing here, but let's get to Cuban. Let's talk to celebrity cameos. 
We got Tubin, we got Jeffrey Tambor, we got Kevin Love. But let's talk about Tubin, right? Like you've got your good Tubin story. He'd always, to me, been like this guy who went to IU, Indiana University in, in the Midwest, because I'm a Midwest guy, who like made it big. He basically invented what you do now, live streaming on the radio, like, but he did it on the internet. So like he invented that technology. He founded the companies Microsolutions and Broadcast.com, both of which he sold at substantial profits. He's obviously the co-owner of the Dallas, he's the primary owner of the Dallas Mavericks, the co-owner of 2929 Entertainment and one of the main sharks on the ABC reality television show Shark Tank. Outside of business, he's gathered notability for his philanthropy, political commentary, and involvement in reality television. In the 20 years before Cuban bought the Mavericks, they had only won 40% of their games and had a very bad playoff record of 21-32. In the 10 years following, the team won 70% of the regular season games and reached the playoffs in each of those seasons. And this is a year for him, man. In the year following this episode airing, the Dallas Mavericks, led by star Dirk Nowitzki, would win their first and only NBA championship, defeating LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh with the Miami Heat in 2011 NBA championship. So this might be like Cuban's peak of all peaks. Damn, dude, you are so right. I forgot <laughs> about that. Holy hell. Yeah, this is a good five-year stretch for him, man. Yep. This is a good five-year stretch for him. I gotta say, as an actor, maybe not the best. He's kind of like mudging a little bit, like he's smiling way too much, like he's like in on the joke a little bit. A couple times he's like looking down the hallway while he's talking to Ari and Turtle, and it's like, who are you looking at, Mark? <laughs> it's like someone off screen like yelling lines at you, but like you can't like fault these athletes some of these like celebrity cameos for not being good actors because they're not actors what the hey hell? mark turtle i made it the all-star game last year vincent chase oh yeah i saw what you posted on vince's twitter account dude oh you did yeah i didn't mean to upload that actually i, I liked it it wasn't bad is this a real business vince has got it yeah. could be with a little push we're just starting to put the funding together now this is my business partner ken austin he's in charge of funding do you like tequila ken well i'd have to hear more about it and uh, taste it. Mark, Mark, I'm so sorry. Traffic, flat tire, shooting. Hey, Ken, how are you? It's all right, Ari. I'm actually glad I got to meet these two. You know what, guys? I'm flying up to Sacramento. I'm doing a trade with the Kings. Why don't you guys come along? You can tell me more about it. Anyone want to tell me more about it? <laughs> if you're needed, Ari. Be a Van Nuys and 90. It's the big 757. Just look for the Dallas Mavericks logo. Cool? All right. Can't miss that. Thank you, Ari. Bring a couple bottles, Turtle. Will do. Bottles of what? Could be good. And don't say I never take you anywhere. <laughs> What's going on? Don't worry about it, Ari. Let's talk content partners. What do you got for uh, worst celebrity cameo? Because it kind of fits the basketball theme for oh, me. Oh, you, you didn't like uh, Minnesota Timberwolves UCLA legend Fat Kevin Love? <laughs> yeah, just just felt awkward. Felt yeah. felt very forced. Yeah. It was like we need to have a celebrity cameo. We need to have an athlete. Uh, we're, let's just throw Kevin Love in there. And Scott has to like give his credits. He's like UCLA legend, Minnesota Timberwolves. It's like almost for like the people at home who don't know who this is. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's a little strange. Yeah, yeah, too much detailed explanation as yeah. to who Kevin Love is. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't really like that one. You doing coke with Vince? Hey, Eric, Kevin Love, Minnesota Timberwolves. Say hello, please. Sorry, nice to meet you. Hey, it sounds like you guys got some business to take care of. No, 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 we're good. Big dog, sit down. UCLA legend, that's all. I don't give a shit. Are you fucking kidding me? Vince has never done coke a day in his life. Suddenly you come around, he's hopping out of planes and showing up to important meetings out of his mind? Wait a minute. That was not my fault. Oh, really? Then whose fucking fault was it, Scott? 
We've worked way too hard to bring Vince back from the dead, and you're trying to fuck it up. Stay away from him. I actually have for my worst one, Jeffrey Tambor. Jeffrey Tambor is used as this, like, comedic foil for Ari. Every time Ari needs to go somewhere, there's Jeffrey Tambor, like, holding him up. And by this time, it was, like, the third or fourth time we'd seen Tambor, and I was just kind of sick of him, and I didn't need him in this episode. There's some funny lines that, oh, you're really hurting. This is a time for healing. Remember, you're the one who's done the evil by your wife. But I'm never sitting there going, this is the episode that Tambor shows up in. It's fucking hilarious. It's never the case. Yep. Yeah, I feel the same way. It just feels very forced. Anytime that they would have him pop up. Your therapy appointment is in 10 minutes. I'm moving as fast as I can. Hey, Jeffrey Tambor's here. I am not here. Ari, need to talk to you. I'm not here, Jeff. Well, who am I looking at, Ari? Look, you picked a real bad day. I know. That's that's why I'm here. You're here for me? Yes, when a friend is in need. Listen, I'm not in need. How are you? I'm fine. Really? Really, I'm fine. Well, then, see, that can't be true, because even if you think you're fine, trust me, you are not. Jesus. Mr. Tambor, I'm sorry, but Ari's late for an appointment. Push it. I can't. What? Well, what, what? What do you mean? Who do you meeting with? No one. None of your business. What? Hey, this is me. You can tell Jesus. me. Jesus. Ari. Oh, look, I'm meeting with my wife. Okay. It's a therapy. Right. It's an emergency session. You know, if this was a week ago, I would flog you with an extension. Oh, cord. you're really hurting. He doesn't mean that, young man. How's your wife, Ari? She's fine. How's your wife, Jeffrey? Ari? Come on, I am no stranger to scandal. What scandal have you been involved with? Well, there was that little incident on Arrested Development. You haven't heard about it. There's no reason to hear about it. I, I have to now. go. Go, but you know, this is a time to be cautious and caring. Don't react to your wife. Remember, you're the one who's done evil. It's the best perk in this episode. And that can mean whatever we think perk means. I struggled with this one, man. I really did. Um, I think the perk would have to be... The perk would have to be Avion. Dude, I'll combine it. You said it earlier. Avion and Mark Cuban meeting... All of the meeting in the hallway. That's the perk. The only reason Turtle's in that room is because he's Turtle as it relates to Vincent Chase. That's, That's the perk. It's his access to Mark Cuban. The access to Mark Cuban and then the subtle flex by Cuban saying, you know, it's the big, it's the big 757 with the Mavericks logo on it. Like that's, that's it. a dope perk too. So yeah, for me, I kind of struggled with that one. Uh, I didn't know how you would take it if I said the the best perk and swag would just be Avion. Since like we don't we don't really see Avion in the episode, but it's there, you know. So that that's what I would say is the perk. I did a whole deep dive on how that whole partnership came together a couple episodes ago i don't remember what episode it was the listeners might know but it's an interesting story you should check it out i will venture that when you ran into cuban outside of your studio and if you were to pitch him a tequila brand in that moment he wouldn't have a second of time for you but because turtle is in ari's office waiting outside ari's office and cuban has a meeting with ari and turtle has met cuban at one point and he's related to vince chase not related he's connected to vince chase Cuban suddenly has time for Turtle, even if it's just for a few seconds, and he directs him to his business manager. It's just those few seconds that eventually makes Turtle a millionaire. The perks of having a famous friend. (laughs) Nick, how would this episode be different today plot-wise? I know you have a disclaimer. I don't know if you've ever mentioned this. We're going to avoid cancel culture hot takes. I do say that because, because let me, let me, before you dive in, because a lot of times I've had people go like, well, Ari couldn't say that today and you're like yeah i know and it's just kind of becomes the same answer over and over again right right right. so so mine is it kind of has to tie into ari obviously but it's more so that if you're accused of something that ari was accused of saying and doing in his office your company's probably at the bare minimum going to suspend you indefinitely 
So he wouldn't even be in the office. That's a good point. It would be like, listen, let's take a breather. Yeah. Take a breather. Yeah. Step, go home. Let's get you out the office. We'll say that we suspended you. Let's investigate this. Maybe they're just trying to get some cloud out of you. Maybe this is legitimate, but let's take time to step back and we're going to get some good PR saying that, oh, we suspended him. Dude, this happens all the time in college sports. Yes, it does. Where, where before the NIL, schools would be like, oh, we're not going to a bowl game this year and we're going to take away five scholarships. <laughs> and to the public, they're like, oh, it's a self-imposed suspension. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's probably going to be like a 15-year suspension, but on the public eye, it's like, well, they're doing the due diligence and they're sort of admitting to their faults. Let's let's give them a self-imposed. It's like, no, bro, you did some worse shit. <laughs> like that's not going to negate anything. So that's yeah. What look, I we think. slapped ourselves on the wrist. You guys can go uh, look the other direction. That's that's 100. This is a great, great answer, Ned. Yeah. So that's what I think would happen nowadays. They yeah. would tell Ari go home. Uh, Babs would address the media and do an interview, a sit-down interview with like you know, 60 minutes and be like, <laughs> it is uncalled for what he's doing, kind of trash him. But in the private, be like, listen, we have to say these things to, to save our ass. So that's how I think it goes down. That's great. They, and in today's news cycle, it moves so quickly. Like they just want to get his name out of the press, out of the headlines as quick as possible. And then you're right. Around Christmas time, he starts showing back up in the office. And then like, yeah, he's back doing deals in the spring. Yeah, 100%. That's a great answer. I've kind of given this answer before for mine. So I'm glad you had a better one. Uh, than me. But Sasha would already and is already making more money than Vince right now with all of the things that she does. She's like a DJ. She's a Twitch streamer. She's a photographer. Obviously, she's got this acclaimed porn career. She wouldn't need Vince's permission for anything, and she wouldn't need $200,000 from him or from anybody. So uh, that, and then uh, again, like Mark Cuban, he'd already have a liquor brand. He'd already be, probably does right now that I'm just not aware of. He's just the liquor, the celebrity liquor thing, it would, it would have. The ship hasn't sailed on it, but everyone is aware of it. That the liquor would be the official drink to the Mavericks. They'd have a bar in the American Airlines Center, and it would just would be this like relevant thing that everyone is aware of, as opposed to a Cuban just discovering that there's a good tequila that a celebrity liked. So, those are easy though. Those are like kind of yeah softballs. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, I'll do this one really quick. Faces in the crowd. There are two, two people I want to shout out. One much more important than the other one. The first is the guy who tells E-Turtle and the girls that their table is ready is Los Angeles DJ entrepreneur nightclub owner Brent Bolthouse. He opened the LA club's Babylon, Opium Den, Sunset Boulevard's Coffee House, and this venue called Avalon where he's still currently a partner. He's also a partner and co-owner of the Body English Nightclub at the Hard Rock Hotel in Las Vegas. So this was entourage just like getting the right people in front of the camera, people who had, you know, dogged in the boys who had become friendly with and like, let's just get this guy a little bit more edge. And you know that guy probably paid a pretty penny or helped them out tremendously at some point. And as a thank you, they put him in the episode. But then pretty notably, and definitely worth mentioning, Mark Cuban's business manager, Ken Austin, is played by the absolute fucking comedy legend Bob Odenkirk. At the time, he was starring on AMC's Breaking Bad as Saul Goodman, which was then in its third season. Famously, he was a writer for Saturday Night Live. He wrote on the Ben Stiller show. He co-created Mr. Show with Bob and David. And he went on to star in the Breaking Bad spinoff Better Call Saul, which he received six nominations for Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Lead Actor in a Drama Series. And more personal to me, 
He's from Naperville, Illinois, which is the same suburb where I went to high school. That's a legend, man. I mean, he's just like on screen for a few minutes playing this like smarmy, you know, business manager cube. I just love seeing the early roles of some of these legends. I know you're not a big TV guy, but I mean, if you watch Breaking Bad. Oh, yeah. Breaking Bad is Saul Goodman's, yeah, the best. Saul Goodman's an all time character, in my opinion. Yeah. Listen, I wanted to add a couple things here because there was nowhere in this list that I could have mentioned them. But Jenny, great girl. Great girl. Great girl. We used to have a category about the girl, and I just started to feel like, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't have a category about the, week, yeah. the girl of the week, you know? Well, listen, listen. Listen, that's why. I, feel free to steal this. Feel free to steal this. Great girl. Great that's girl. That's it. Great that's girl. It. You don't got to say. Who's the great girl this episode? Yeah. <laughs> great girl. Alex, great girl. Like, that's it. You know, you can't get in trouble, bro. You just say great girl. Great you let girl. them interpret it. I like it. that. I will say, for the record, for Alex, great girl. Bad actress. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I don't usually spend a lot of time bashing people's performances, but I've had to watch Alex every episode this season, and it has just driven me up the wall how, how off she is in her acting. But yeah, great girl. Jenny, played by actress Janet Montgomery. Next week's episode, she has a much bigger role. I'll do some talking about her then. Would she be eligible for Six Man Award? Who would you? Who's your Six Man Award? Oh, man, my Six Man was Billy. I think Billy snitching. Uh, listen, I know people don't like snitches, but sometimes when it's for the greater good of someone that you deeply care about, airing out their BS like that, I think was really important. And yeah, I elaborated on this earlier, but I would I would go with Billy. I like that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't really have a good one. I think I think the Scott Scott scene earlier at the biker bar. I think it's fun. Every time he's on screen, I, I love him. You could argue Mrs. Ari has like some good moments. Like she's she's pretty impassioned. I don't love her point of view. And Dana Gordon maybe. Like I love Dana Gordon. I love Tonson Simmer as an actress. Like she you know she has a heart to heart with Vince, and then she kind of tells Eric to go fuck himself in the lobby of her of her office building. Like I, I'd give it to Dana Gordon maybe just to mix things up. Okay, Dana's good too. Yeah, definitely six man because she's still trying to support Vince, even though she might have a feeling that he might be on drugs and whatnot. Yeah, she's still trying to defend him, but she yeah, says I think... she's like, "I'll go to bat for him," even though the director's gone. Like, I'll go to bat. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Dana, oh, Eric, you just missed Vince. Shit, really? Let it go. He was very aggressive. Yeah, you know, he doesn't want to take the test. That's what he said. Dana, he's fine. Don't worry. All right, I'm gonna go to bat for him. But our director isn't. He's quitting. Randall? Yep. So what now? Maybe Vince can call James Cameron, because we need someone big. Favorite Johnny drama moment? I mentioned it before, when he is in the mood to leave, and then the two girls come up to him, that's like peak drama, because you know he always struggles with the females, and then when he has two really attractive women both wanting him, he was like, forget this early morning workout, bro. I'm trying to work out some other things with that's these it. great girls. And to his credit, this is perfect transition into my favorite moment. The next day, he's boxing at the gym with a Bluetooth headset in, talking to Ian Lloyd, and he says, my favorite drama line, which is, I'm in the gym, Lloyd. I'm working on my body, my real body. So you two go find someone who wants to use it. It's just like the insecurity is like bleeding out of that line. I'm working on my real body right now, guys. It's just, it's perfect. Yeah, none of this anime shit that you guys want me to go and do. That's right. That's right. I can't believe you sent it to the studio when I told you how much I hate it. I can't believe you don't appreciate the fact that they love it and you basically have a greenlit show. Yeah, playing a cartoon monkey. I want to be seen, not heard. Hey, would you get off the phone and come over here and focus? Hang on, hang on. Drama. This is a job. A real job. I'm not that desperate, Lloyd. What about your mortgage payment? Uh, I could cover at least six more of them. 
Johnny. Lloyd, I'm working on my body right now. My real body. So you two go find someone who wants to use it. Drama. You know, I'm honestly questioning whether I'm going to ever work with either of you guys again. Come on. Come on. Goodbye. I always imagined a double teaming would be more fun than that. Ew. Talk to you later, Lloyd. We talked about this, but there are some good Ari moments in this episode. What was your favorite of all of them? Oh, uh, dude, this is peak Ari where yep. he snaps on Dana on the phone <laughs> and then he's slamming the phone. And then the entire staff meeting that he avoided is looking at him and he kind of does this thing where, yeah, kind of like that's going to do anything like hiding, bro. We all just saw you bug out on the phone in the midst of all this controversy that is spiraling around you just to see him go back to his Ari gold self. That's why I said, man, this is a pretty whack episode, <laughs> right? But I think it has some Ari gold gems in it that kind of saved the episode. Are we sorted out where Vince is concerned? Uh, we will be. Don't piss me off. There's no reason to. I've been assured that Vince doesn't do drugs, so there'll be no problem if he submits to a drug test. That way, Wallace and the studio will be happy, and then we can move ahead as planned. You're joking. Uh, no, I'm not. In the history of asinine requests, I have never heard one this asinine, Dana. It's not asinine, it's necessary. So, so this isn't even a request? It's a necessity? I'm afraid so. Wow, you think that I'm beaten and weak or something? You know, look, I'd hope that you would be reasonable. Listen, sweetheart, you want to call and butter me up with sympathy and then drop this on me because you think that I'm down and will kowtow to anything? Let me explain this to you in a metaphor you will understand. I am sure there are guys who have fingered you in the ass long enough that eventually you let them fuck it. And now you think you got me bent over with your finger in my ass thinking I'm going to let you do the same. I am not like you, Dana. You will not fuck me in the ass. Vince will not piss in a cup for you or anyone else. Speaking of Vince, who besides Vince won this week's episode of Entourage? And I'll argue that Vince did not win this week's episode. Like, he wins every week usually, but he does not. That he did not. A massive, massive L episode yep. Yep. for Vince. Uh, just catching L's left and right. <laughs> And uh, I think for me, the winner, uh, especially when you foreshadow what's going to go down later on, it got to be Turtle. Yeah, that's it. Turtle gets to connect with Mark Cuban. And for me, that ends up setting up a lot of good things for Turtle down the road. Yep. And also sets up a lot of good for Vince, that's right? It. Because they end up selling the stock and he ends up making a lot of money off that. And then turtle becomes a millionaire. So, you know, I did spoil a bunch, but if you guys are listening, you're probably already aware of that. And then he yeah, opens so, a restaurant. <laughs> which yeah. Is not, I don't know. Jerry Ferrar himself said, I don't know why he would then go into the restaurant business. So I'm not like misquoting anybody there. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I think for me, it's, it's turtle that wins this episode. 100%. His tweeting and his incessant promoting of the Avion brand, it's him, what, like 20,000 pre-orders? And then his tenaciousness and going from his friend to then his, you know, friend's agent gets him in front of Mark Cuban and his business manager and eventually gets him the funding that he and Avion need. So 100% Turtle's the only winner in this week's episode. Last question. I think I know your answer. You kind of already said it. Is this an A-list, B-list, or D-list episode of Entourage? And we can do pluses and minuses. I'm going to say D-plus, man. That's exactly what I have. I think I think of all the episodes that we've done together that I've been on for. I think this is the worst one that you picked for me. <laughs> Sorry. So Nick. despite despite being a Mount Rushmore guest <laughs> and Mr. Queens for your show, you did throw me this one. But listen, everyone is flawed, JR. Everyone is flawed <laughs> and it's all good. But listen, yeah. I wanted the listeners, I haven't been these episodes haven't been up for like five months. I wanted the listeners to have a familiar, fun 
voice that brings them happiness. And that's why you're here. That's why. Not because of the episode. Listen, Mount Rushmore. That's what I'm dying on. <laughs> no, nah, but dude, one. I think uh, I think because I'm the first face on it. That's yeah, why. Yeah, that's right. Uh, no, nah, but dude, truthfully, I think it's a D plus. I think it's a really. It has some. It has some good moments in the sense of the turtle connection, and you get to see some really good Ari bits. But besides that, it's a pretty sad episode for the guys. You know, like drama has this gift wrapped opportunity. He wants to pass on it because he feels insecure that he's going to be a cartoon animation. <laughs> Vince is doing the drugs and, you know, he kind of sort of for the first time you see him bend the knee to a woman, which is yep. something that you've never seen him do. And he's sort of to use what the kids say now. He's a simp yep. for he's Sasha Gray. Simp, yeah. And then you got the Scott Lavin stuff. You got Billy Walsh not looking that good, despite us thinking it was a good look for him to snitch. And then you got E sort of having to balance drama's drama and then vince's drama so and not having time for turtle and then i'll add dana gordon demanding a drug test and then ari getting his nuts clipped by his wife his business partner his lawyer and his therapist like it's like that's that's it's it's tough it's a tough hang all around outside of some small moments scotty lavin ari gold etc yeah yeah so for me d plus this was not a tough hang it's always great to talk to you it's always great to talk to entourage i'm gonna have you back in season eight I'll be pressed to find an episode in season eight that's better than this, but we'll we'll try. And I will see you in Vegas in December for the NBA midseason tournament. Nick, where can the listeners find you, follow you, listen to you, watch you? This is my off day, and I gave and I gave you time. That's how much I enjoy the show, and I enjoy our little friendship. That's how much we love you over here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at Nick Deus Tenders, you can find me on all social media outlets. And then at Veterans Minimum is where you can find the best sports betting vibe on the internet. And it's football season, man. We do pretty well. The content is dope. And if you guys are ever in Vegas swinging by the Blue Wire Studio, you'll probably see the boy over there doing something since I do a little bit of everything. Lives there six days a week. Guys, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you again next Monday. Yeah.